Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. That was good, huh? Man, I'm telling you, I'm getting so blessed. I'm getting blessed, blessed, blessed. All right, we'll see if I can even get through this, see what happens. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's just I start in the office a lot earlier than you folks get here, so I was having a hard time in the office. <laughs> Anyways, thank you. Appreciate that. Wowzers. Okay, so why were we... <laughs> Wow, okay, so we've been in a a series of sermons called Why. We decided to do that because the why books went out, then we thought we'd like to say why, talk about some why stuff. And I was thinking about a whole bunch of reasons why I'm sad, why I'm miserable, why life stinks. And I kind of went, I'm really not liking all those whys, so I turned the corner into a lot of other whys. Why sing, you know, why enjoy God's presence and all those things. I think that's a lot better, right? Because you enjoy God's presence. If you sing, you know, your troubles are going to go away. If you... If you pray, your troubles are going to get brought to his presence. And you know, if you're stuck, it's just because you forgot to move forward and you're unwilling to get on with life. So I want to talk to you about why I laugh today. All right, why I laugh. All right, so, and it's, that's always great. Eh? If you want to laugh, look at those two little teeth. That's fantastic. I saw Brian's little granddaughter last night and she looked just like that with those two little teeth. It was like, and just grinning and happy. It was so good. She looked a lot prettier than that. That's, but that's a great why laugh face, you know, why laugh. Okay, here we go. We're going to go through a bunch of verses, a lot of stuff. So let's track you. Ready? Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says, in thy presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Anybody in the presence of the Lord right now? Anybody? Wow. There's fullness of joy, not just a little bit of joy, but there's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 2 verse 4 says, but the one who rules in heaven laughs. The one who rules in heaven laughs. God sits in the heavens and he laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Talks about enemies and people who try to come against his purposes or his plans. What does the Lord say when things try to rise up against his purposes? <laughs> he laughs and it says he scoffs at them and his enemies are in derision. There's confusion. If you don't know what to pray or what to do, just pray the most wonderful prayer. Ha ha ha. And you'll get a breakthrough right there. All right. Now, Jesus, we know that Jesus reveals the father. Hebrews says that Jesus is the exact representation of the father in Colossians. We did that series in the summer in Colossians. It talks about that Jesus really manifests God. He is the perfect manifestation of God. Jesus is himself said, I and the Father are one. He says, if you see me, you see the Father. So Jesus is a great representation of the Father. Some people, I think, they think the Father's grumpy and he's looking for reasons to be grumpy with you. You know, I I don't know. I heard Bill Johnson once say, he said, said, I don't know if God's ever had a serious thought. You know, he's serious about stuff, but I think God's more serious about joy and he's more serious about uh, the pleasure and the delight that he has in us and his thoughts are wrapped up in that and not in messy, miserable stuff. You know, so I think people just have a bad representation of how incredible their God is and how much he loves them. He says, you've loved righteousness and you hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. And that's the Hebrew writer taking a prophetic word and saying this is in a relationship to Jesus. And Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. Aren't you glad that uh, the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, what is the anointing called? What is the anointing of the Spirit called? It's called the oil of gladness. It's not the oil of glum or the oil of miserable. It's the oil of gladness. It's the oil of joy. So when you get smeared in the Holy Ghost, you get smeared with gladness and you get smeared with joy. Just say, I'll have some. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Okay. Luke chapter 10, verse 21, at that time, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. I love these passages. There's so many places it talks about Jesus where Jesus was one happy guy. 
He was fun to be around. It says when he taught, they received the word with gladness. And that word is agaleo, which means to exalt, to rejoice exceedingly, to be exceedingly glad, to leap, to spring up, to gush. I mean, Jesus was always gushing. How many like being around someone who smiles, being around someone who's fun to be with, you know? I mean, it's so good. I was uh, watching, uh, I was watching The Family Feud. <laughs> I mean, Steve Harvey has a great smile, doesn't he? But he comes up to this one young lady and says, what are, you, are you single? She says, I'm single. He says, what are you looking for? And you know, top of her list was, I'm looking for someone who's fun. I'm looking for someone who makes me laugh. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's, that's amazing. People are, are looking, you know, God is fun, and Jesus is somebody that's going to make you laugh. You're going to have a riot in the presence of God. Now, settle down. I know. I'm, I'm the only one here, apparently, in his presence. But uh, <laughs> joy, what is joy? Joy is intense and especially ecstatic and exultant happiness. It's the expression of or manifestation of such a feeling. In the Old Testament, 600 times in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for joy, and there's 27 different words. The Hebrew language has more words to express joy than any other language. And I think that's because God's trying to get through to people. I'm really a wild party. I really am. I really am. I want you to enjoy yourself, and I want you to have fun. Psalm 21.6, for you make him to be blessed and a blessing forever. You make him exceedingly glad with the joy of your presence. Oh, man. <laughs> you make him exceedingly glad with the joy of your presence. Amen. Just quietly think of that. Acts 2.28 says, You have made known your ways to me, the path of life. You enrapture me, diffusing my soul with joy with and in your presence. You enrapture me, diffusing my soul with joy with you and in your presence. All right, good, good. Michael Pritchard, Michael Pritchard said that you, oh, sorry, Jude 1, Jude, or Jude 24, this is really good too. Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and present you unblemished, blameless, and faultless before the presence of his glory. And how's he going to present you? He's going to present you in triumphant joy and exaltation with unspeakable ecstatic delight. Wow. Wow. I mean, and how will you find yourself? How will you be ushered into the presence of God with ridiculous belly gushing, guffaw, guffaw, leg slapping joy. I'm here, Father. <laughs> it's good. You know, God, God is serious about this. He's serious about joy. And he's been serious about it all through Scripture. And it's a really big deal to him that his people are wrapped up in a revelation of his joy. Why I laugh. Michael Pritchard said, you don't stop laughing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop laughing. Now, it might be urban legend, and I've tried to find it everywhere. There's all kinds of people quote it, but I can't really find a source for it anywhere. I know it's mostly true just because this morning... When we were trying to pray and do things, Frankie was just running around laughing, just laughing at everything. She was just laughing, just laughing at everything. And it's just good. Like, what I love about kids is you can just go like. <laughs> it, it's so easy to get kids to laugh. And they'll just laugh. They'll just turn a corner and laugh. It says that a, a four-year-old laughs about 300 times a day or more on average. And adults, it's only 14. And a lot of you are below average. That's an average, so there's got to be some doing a little more and some doing a little less. But, uh, you know, laughter is a big deal. It really is. It's a good thing. It's, it's something that God wants you to experience, his laughter. Well, I have the joy, Pastor. I have joy. I have God's joy. I have his joy deep in my heart. You should tell your face, you know, because, <laughs> you know, the joy of the Lord is a good thing. It's, it's okay. All right. Okay, the diary of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson. I thought this was really good. He said, I've been to church today, and surprisingly, I'm not depressed. That's, uh, that's, that's good. Like sometimes people think if you, you come to church, you should get beat up or feel messy and walk out feeling like, I could do better. 
you know, thank you, Pastor, because I didn't have a good week, and I'm going to try to be better this week, and thank you for making me miserable. And some people like that, and they think that's why we come to church, to get our, our weekly flogging for not being a good enough believer. You know, and truth is, I can't get any closer to God or in a better relationship with God than I am right now. I, I really can't. The lie that says that I have to get, try and get closer or try to do more to please him and all that is really what keeps the church miserable because they don't understand that I'm in absolute union with him and nothing can separate me from him. And because I'm in his presence, I am absolutely in a place of ecstatic, great joy. It is inconsistent with the nature of your placement in him to be miserable. You literally have to, on purpose, act beside your nature. You have to be someone on purpose that you're not. You have to literally put yourself outside of. You have to exercise effort to not be somebody who's flooded with ecstatic great joy. It's a lot of work. They already say it takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. It's more work to frown than it is to smile. So you're, it's built right into you. It, it's just natural to you. Some of you feel like you're stressed out or something. He might want me to get happy today. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, so. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, if you would lead men to heaven, wear heaven on your face. It's good, Charles Spurgeon. Martin Luther, the great reformer, he said, you have as much laughter as you have faith. You have as much laughter as you have faith. He said, the gospel is nothing less than laughter and joy. Soren Kierkegaard said, humor is a prelude to faith and laughter is the beginning of prayer. I just love all that stuff. You all right? Good, good. All right. Thessalonians chapter 5, 16. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. That's joy with a re on the front. That's rejoice and keep on rejoicing and keep jacked up on rejoicing. Never stop rejoicing. Galatians 4.15. I mean, Paul wrote to the Galatians. They'd been attacked by a bunch of Judaizers and liars, people stealing the joy of the gospel from them. And he said, what happened to all your joy? When I was there, you received the gospel. You all got whacked in joy. And now you got turned back into miserable strife and religion and performance. What happened to all your joy? Because joy is that evidence of your liberty and your freedom and the fact that you're connected and living, vitally connected and in the presence of God 24-7. That's why I laugh. Because he's flooded me with ecstatic great joy. And he has made me glad. He made me glad. I wasn't glad, but he made me glad. He didn't offer me gladness. He didn't say you could be glad. He made me glad. He said, here's glad. Do you want some? Well, I don't know. You're going to have some. And he's got the spoon, and he's open up, and he's shoving it down. He says, listen, you're my child, and I will make you glad. Because there's a purpose to gladness. There's a purpose to joy. There's a purpose to living a life that is flooded and saturated with laughter. Ha ha. It's not foolishness. You know, it says, it says that we should receive the kingdom like children. Not childishly, but childlike. What's childlike? God is great. <laughs> God's for you. <laughs> God is going to take care of every need in your world. <laughs> I mean, when you receive that, you do that's exciting stuff. I mean, Frankie comes running to my office. Papa! <laughs> and then she wants from all my Pez dispensers. So, because there's abundance of Pez in the presence of Papa's office. And he will make me glad and don't tell her parents. Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, here's what he said in regard to those verses. He said, Our apostle speaks of rejoicing as a personal, present, permanent duty. For those of you who need duty, here's Spurgeon for you. Ready? What's your duty? Rejoicing is a personal, present, permanent duty to be always carried out by the people of God. The Lord has not left it to our own option whether we sorrow or rejoice, but he has pinned us down to it by a positive injunction. Rejoice evermore. He's pinned us down. He didn't make it optional. He didn't say you could. He didn't say it might be okay if you did. He has pinned us down, and he has made it a command, a present, personal, permanent duty to always be whacked in the joy of the Holy Ghost. I'll keep going. 
Psychology Today. <laughs> Psychology Today. June 21st, 2011. Laughter reduces levels of stress hormones such as cortisol, epiphobrine, and dopamine increases health, enhancing hormones such as endorphins, neurotransmitters, and infection-fighting antibodies. It improves the blood flow to the heart, all resulting in greater relaxation and resistance to disease, as well as improving mood and positive outlook. They also found that people with heart disease are 40% less happy. Not because they have it, but they probably have heart disease because they're not really happy. They're 40% less likely to laugh than people who don't have heart disease. Pretty interesting, eh? Ha, ha, ha. That's a good reason to say ha, ha right there. <laughs> Please, settle down. I'm trying to preach. Laugh, 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 laugh. The chuckle, the titter, the giggle, the chortle, the cackle, the belly laugh, the sputtering burst, snicker, snigger, guffaw, or (laughs) snort. To laugh. Brian is a great snorter. Have you ever heard Brian snort? It is good when Brian gets into the snort. I mean, I get into it. Sometimes I'm not snorting because it's laughter. I'm snorting because I need air. (laughs) And I'm just gasping for it, but... It happens just about any time. I'm just trying to breathe. Ha, 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 Laughter can be joyous, happy, nervous, paradoxical, courteous laugh, or even evil laughter. <laughs> but the, 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 parad- the paradoxical laugh, incongruent. It's, it's where something happened that shouldn't have happened. And my, my wife's favorite type of laughs, she, she has those regularly. You walk into the room, you fall on your face. That shouldn't really happen, but for Cheryl, totally funny. I mean, that's totally inconsistent. You should have walked in and stayed upright, but you fell and did a face plant. Ha! That is so awesome. <laughs> I, mean, I was here, we're doing announcements one time, and, and my Aunt Ruth was here, and, and Cheryl said, Aunt Ruth, just stand up, say hi to the people. My Aunt Ruth stood up, and she went, hello. And then, and then, then she fell, like her leg gave way and she just went sideways but uh, there was a fellow behind her saw her falling and he grabbed her and propped her back up right away so it was funny 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 from here because you saw her disappear and then pop right back up and and it was so funny and and she when she popped back she said I'm okay (laughs) and both Cheryl and I just lost it and my mother was sitting beside her my mother's like it's not funny and I said, actually, Mom, it really kind of was from here. It was kind of funny. But Aunt Ruth says, no, no, I'm okay. I was, you know, like, say hi, Aunt Ruth. Hi. <laughs> it was just, you know, so a lot, you know, 10 to 20% of your laughs are really from humorous things. Most of your laughs actually come from things that are inconsistent. It's like that shouldn't have happened. And that's, that's actually really funny, you know, because all of a sudden, whoa, that's hilarious. You ever, you ever been watching like a newscast and something catches the person funny and they're like, just a, there's a five alarm blaze down in Tonawanda. <laughs> and, and, and the fire, firefighters are going there right now. <laughs> and we're hoping that no one, no one is going to get injured. <laughs> and the people just can't help themselves. And like you're watching that and it's just really crazy, but it's really funny. And it's, it's not like that's paradoxical. It, they, that shouldn't be going on. But I don't know about you, but those are. Does anybody remember Carol Burnett? Anybody remember that? Like, you should just go do a YouTube on that because I always thought that was the funniest thing when, when uh, Harvey Corman would, would try not to laugh and they're doing the skits and then, you know, what, what's, what's the fellow's name? Tim Conway. And he'd always do these crazy accents and stuff and he'd walk in and all of a sudden you'd see and then they'd just lose it. Wasn't that fun? Like, that was some of the most fun stuff, right? So, and you know, laughing is good for you. Ha, 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 ha. It's really, really good. So, you know, we, we had a boat at one time, and we took it from Lake Simcoe. We went all the way up to, uh, uh, over the Marine Railway, up into, uh, what do you call that place? Georgian Bay. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Glad to have you helping on the front row. But that's a long trip with the kids and, and stuff, and it was good. So, so we had, uh, we bought this big alligator, and it could seat a couple people on this alligator, and a boat would pull the alligators. We thought the kids are probably bored this long run across the lake, so I stopped and tied up the alligator and put it out behind the boat and threw Dylan on it, and Dylan's bouncing around. It's all good. And then we pulled it in, took him off, threw Carly on, and then Carly sat on, and I hit the engines, took off, and then all of a sudden, Cheryl's like, stop, stop, stop. And I, I turned around, and I looked, and the whole thing went underwater. We couldn't see Carly at all. Just, and all of a sudden, she just popped up like... And I was like, are you okay? She says, oh, I went, 
it's okay, honey. You're going to love it. It was fine. I mean, maybe you're just sitting too close to the front. Just push back a little bit. And then I hit the engines again. And Cheryl's like, stop, stop. And I turn around and look. Carly's nowhere to be seen. All of a sudden, she pops up. Goes, ah! It was funny. It was so funny. She's like, look at us. What are you laughing at? I'm gonna, I could have drowned. I could have died. And I said, I just think it's great that you hung on for dear life. Even though it was going under, you still hung on. And that was still every time I think about that. It's, it's funny. Isn't it funny, Carly? It was, it was really funny. It was so good. I still don't know why I did that. But anyways, she never, she never rode that thing again, ever. So that was good. Okay, good. So uh, laughter, a study of laughter, it's, it's, it's gelatology. Gelatology? I don't know. Gelatology for me would be like the study of jello, but apparently that's, that's the study of laughter. That's what it's called. So they study laughter. It's amazing. I'd like to get a doctorate in gelatology. That would be so awesome. So, but they study laugh structure and anatomy, and a normal laugh ha- a normal laugh, a normal laugh has the structure of ha ha ha, or ho ho ho, or he he he, or ha ha ha. But apparently, it's going to have predominantly one vowel. They said it is. You're unable to physically unable to go ha ho ha ho ha ho ha ho. I thought, so I was trying that. I went, ha-ho, ha-ho, ha-ho. And it really didn't get me, but I laughed at myself doing ha-ho, ha-ho. And when I finished doing ha-ho, ha-ho, I went, ha-ha-ha-ha. That's, I never knew that, that you had to laugh consistently in a second. They could say you could go, ha 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 And that's why we miss Madeline, because Madeline was like, ha And uh, that, was, that was good. You could help out, Mom, couldn't you? Can you give us one of those? No? Can't do it on demand? Wow, can't do it on demand. Good stuff. Laugh structure, who knew that? So laughing is a good, good thing for you. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, Hebrews eleven eleven says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. She by, received strength to conceive a seed by, oh, Jesus, by faith she did this. Now, long story, right? But here it is. You got Abraham and you got Sarah, and they were promised. They, they heard the Lord. They went to a land. They didn't know where, but they honored the Lord. They went, and then the Lord came, and he promised them that he would give them children, and they were, like, really old. So at, in their old age, he promised to give them children. Then they went for, like, almost 25 years, and in the 24th year, God shows up and says, hey, you're going to have a child next year. And she's like, oh, my goodness. Like, we've given up on the promise. We've given up on what you had spoken over us. I mean, I can't believe you're coming now and saying we're going to have the child. And he said, I promised you a child, and you're going to have a child. He said, in fact, I'm going to come back this time next year, and you'll have the child. Abraham laughed, and Sarah laughed. And they laughed about that, and God said, in fact, you're going to name the child Laughter. And see, I'm going to visit you. It says the Lord visited her. It says, and through faith, she received strength. She received strength. And she had a child. She judged him faithful who had promised. Even though she was past age, she judged him faithful. Now listen, the word of the Lord also says in Nehemiah 8.10 that the joy of the Lord gives you strength. No, it doesn't say that. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength doesn't say the joy of the Lord could give strength. doesn't even say the joy of the Lord is a part of that strength. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I really think that God opened up her heart. He opened up her posture. He opened up her attitude. He opened up her ability to see and believe again and embrace the promise. And I believe they did a whole lot of ha, ha, ha. And, you know, he visited them and he says, I want you to change your names from Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah. And he introduced grace to their whole experience. And when you bring faith, the father of faith, and you bring grace together, you're going to experience the goodness of God. And you're going to experience the joy of the Lord because it says that he made me glad. She says that he made me glad. Look at Genesis uh, chapter, well, we looked at that, right? Laughter, strength, uh, 21 verse 6, and Sarah said, God hath made me laugh so that all who hear me will laugh with me, and she named her child Laughter. It's amazing to me that the promise would be engaged with laughter. Oh, come on, pastor. Listen, it says later on, you go to Genesis chapter 26, when Isaac, uh, there was a famine in the land, a difficulty. God told him to stay there, and God blessed him. And because he was so prosperous, he needed wells to be opened up because he needed wells for all the things he'd been blessed with. So he went and he unopened the wells that his father had dug. So what opens up wells? What opens up the freshness of your experience? What opens up the freshness of God, the resource of God, the blessing of God, 
to meet all the needs in your life. It's Isaac opens wells. Isaac redigs wells. And then contention comes in and frustration comes in. And people came and argued with them. And the Philistines came and they said, these are ours. And you know, the minute you break into laughter, the minute you break in to that liberty, the minute you break into the joy of the Lord, people will come in and they'll contend with you and they'll say, stop that. It's far more serious than this. But it really isn't. And you know what? You can move on from there because Isaac went on from there and he opened up another well. He dug another well and it was room enough for all of God's promises to be fulfilled in his life. So with laughter, the joy of the Lord, it is your strength. It's not just something you can do. It's not a byproduct of experiencing salvation. It's something that you got to keep permanently, personally, practically in manifestation in your life every day. Ha! That's good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And the worse it is, laugh more. I'm telling you. It's all good. Opened up. I mean, she opened up. Where there was, where there was stuff packed down, where the enemy pressed down and was standing on it, stomping on it, saying, you're never going to experience the life of God. He went, will so, ha, ha, ha. And that'll break open the deeps of your soul and express the fullness of God in your life. Really? Absolutely Really? All right, I got 10 more pages of notes, so you're going to know that for sure. All right, so what's the object of our joy? What's the object? The object of our joy is then I will go to the altar of God unto God, who is my exceeding great joy. What's your object of joy? God is the object of your joy. You see, if God is the object of your joy, your joy is going to be exceeding and great. I'm going to go to God because God is, he's not just my God, God is my exceeding great joy. I'm going to go to the miserable presence of God. I'm going to go to the sad, deep places with him. No, God is the object of your joy. God is himself that place of joy. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice, what, just rejoice? Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again in case you didn't hear me. Rejoice. Please settle down. In the Lord. Is anyone in the Lord? Is anyone in him? Has anyone been born into a loving, beautiful union with God himself? Is anyone? You know, the object of my joy is God himself. He is the object of my great joy. My exceeding great joy is God. And I rejoice in him. Amen. All right. Well, that's the object of joy. Let's go on. You ready? The quality of joy. Well, what's the quality of this joy? First of all, it's divine. It's divine joy. It says, John 17, 13. Listen to this. Oh, my goodness. Please. And, and hold on to yourself when you do because you'll blow your mind. You ready? Jesus is praying to his father. And he's saying, I've done everything I need to do. And now to finish the work, I want you to give this to my people. So if Jesus is asking the Father, give this to my people so we can fulfill the mission, do you think the Father's going to say yes? Yes, he is. Absolutely. Good answer. So listen, here's what he said in the pray. He said, give to them the full measure of my joy. <laughs> what kind of joy? His joy. What kind of joy did he have? He was anointed with the oil of joy above his brothers. Beyond. I mean, he was reasoning about him that was so amazing was he is so incredibly fun to be with. He so radically manifests joy, consistently always demonstrating ecstatic great joy. What kind of joy do we have? Father, I pray that you would fill my church, fill the body of Christ with my joy. And not just a little bit, fill them up with it to the very top. Yeah. If we're going to get joy, you'd think you'd want to know what kind it is, right? Well, it's divine. What, well, what else is it? It says an everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. It's nonstop. Nonstop joy. It's the God kind of joy, the Jesus kind of joy, and it just keeps on running, flowing, gushing, and moving. Philistines are coming to try to pack it down. Philistines are coming, circumstances, stuff, trying to, trying to push your joy away. Things of this world, the enemy, strategy, schemes to try to cap that well. Because he knows if you uncap the well of joy, you will live in constant breakthrough. And the enemy always wants to put that down. And he wants you to go, it's foolishness, it's stupidity, it's rubbish. I 
think that's what God does, to get past the mind, to get past the, the hoity-toity who think they're all that. I think he does it like joy. He gives us gifts like tongues and joy and stuff like that. So he gets past your head and into your spirit and blows you up. Yeah, I'm, I'm too awesome to be doing the joy thing. I'm too awesome to be speaking that tongue gibberish stuff. I mean, my goodness, I would never do that. See, God wants it to be all him. He really does. It is divine, it is everlasting, and it is Acts chapter 13, 52, continually filled throughout their souls with joy and the Holy Spirit. Continually flooded throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and with joy. Say joy. Well, I'd like the Holy Spirit without joy. It's the oil of joy. It's the oil of gladness. It's what it is. Like it brings happiness. It brings joy. It, it whacks you. Is there any other? Is there any other anointing? No, nope, there's just that one. Like, what do you want Plan B for? Like what? I mean, God's really good. I like joy. Okay, I'm moving along. I'm moving along. The source of joy. So it's, it's divine joy. It's, it's his joy. It's, the object of joy is him. It's, it's amazing joy. Now, the source. What's the source of joy? Number one, Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost? See, when he went to Ephesus, Paul, he got to Ephesus, and he's preaching in the church. And he's got all these sad people. He's like, have you guys received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Why do you think he came to that conclusion? And they said, no, we, we never even heard about it. So he laid hands on them and ba-boom, guffaw, guffaw, guffaw. Joy. Romans 15, I'll fill you with joy. He will fill you with joy. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill you with joy through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 11, the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. If you want to manifest the kingdom, it's in the Holy Ghost. And you've been given the Holy Ghost, and it's a gift to you, and you're manifesting the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom in the Holy Ghost? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Where do we get joy? Joy is all a part of the Holy Ghost. When you're in connection and hooked up with the Holy Ghost, you're going to manifest joy. Whatever kind it is, even if it's the deep kind, whatever it is, you're going to have joy. Can I get an Amen. Okay, let's look at one more verse for you. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is, it's not the fruits. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's not like, you know, I've got, I've got five of them, but I've rejected the other four. I like, I like temperance. I like faithfulness. But that joy part, I've decided, you know, I put that on the back. It's not the fruits, it's the fruit. See, when you get the Holy Spirit, you get his nature and you get his character. And one of the aspects of the Holy Ghost is Joy. Joy. Joy, joy, joy. Joy. Amazes me. People say, I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, but they're mean as all get out. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. I speak in tongues. Get out of my parking spot. My God. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, there's some joy there, right? A little bit of joy. A little bit of joy. A little bit of joy. Anybody want some joy? want some joy. Just put up your hand and say, thank you, Pastor. Say, I'll receive some joy right now. I'll take it right now. Thank you, Pastor. Ooh, hallelujah. So Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is always constantly dispensing joy. Whew. Okay. Let's go on to the next one. Another source of the Holy Ghost, the Word. A source of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Another source of joy is the Word. I write these things that your joy may be full. So when you're reading the Word, wow, the Word's going to bring joy. You ever stand and listen to some good preaching? Not like my preaching, but good preaching. And you know, when the word's being preached, you go, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm liking this. They preached. I had a pastor here in town call me years ago because we got whacked in the river here back in the 90s. And when I would preach, people would laugh, fall out of the chairs and all that stuff. And it was kind of messy. And they used to say that we put laughing gas in the ducts. So when you went in, there was laughing gas and we put gold dust. It would blow all over you. And we did all this stuff to try to make people's experience better. I wasn't smart enough to think about that, but it sounds like a good idea sometimes. <laughs> so... But we'd have people falling out while I'm trying to preach. I just keep preaching, you know, because it said that when Jesus preached, they received the word with gladness. So he told me that God honors his word above his name. I said, absolutely he does. But when Jesus preached, people enjoyed it. 
as it says, because they received the word with gladness. And they would, they would sit for hours. They would walk three days in the wilderness to hear him preach. You know, because there's something wonderful about it. So I just preach through it, unless it's a mocking thing, unless it's something horrible. And you know it's not, it's not the Holy Ghost. You ever had those laughs? You know, that's not the Holy Ghost, you know. And uh, anyways, we'll, we'll move on. Okay, Jeremiah 15, 16, thy word was unto me, joy and rejoicing of my heart. The word, the word of God brings you joy. It says, Thessalonians 1, 6, it says, they welcomed our message in spite of a lot of persecution. They welcomed the message with joy. And here it is, the message and the Holy Ghost. They ins- the joy was inspired with the message and with the Holy Ghost. Give you another, another source of joy, prayer. It says, in your presence is fullness of joy. What are we doing in prayer? In prayer, we're just coming in. We're communicating with the Father. We're just having a little face-to-face time with him. You know, when you pray, you're going to experience the fullness of joy. It also says, ask that you shall receive, that your joy may be full. You know why I pray? Because he hears and answers prayer. You know why I pray? Because it is a lot of fun. You know why I pray? And when I get praying, it's hard to stop praying because when you're praying, you're hooking up with him and you're in his presence, you're experiencing his goodness and prayer leads to prayer and prayer leads to joy and prayer leads to answers from heaven, which makes me very happy. Happy, okay. I'm just trying to tell you why I laugh. Just trying to tell you. Just trying to tell you it's a good thing to be a happy church. Can I get amen? Is this a happy church? All right. It's not happy because of what's happening. Because sometimes what's happening don't make me happy. But you know what? He has made me glad. Amen. Okay, good. Drinking. Everybody say drinking. Go drinking with your friends. You'll get happy. It's not that kind of drinking. Drinking. Psalm 36, 8. You've given them a drink from the river of your delights. You start drinking the river of his delights and you're going to get happy. What are you talking about? There is, listen, the word says there is a river. It's, it's not, you know, some kind of metaphorical, you know, thing or a picture. There really is a river that flows from the throne of God. There is a river. And it says that the river flows to the body of Christ. It flows to his own. It flows to the church. Why does it flow to the church? Because he wants you to drink of the river. It says he causes me to drink of the river of his delights. John 7, 37, Jesus got up and he said, man, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. And out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Psalm 46, 4, there is a river. And the streams of that river make glad the city of God. What's the city of God? Let me, you know, figure that one out for you. It's the church. So there is a river right now today. Right now, there is a river exploding in this room. There is a river gushing and running through this room. And if you step into the spirit right now, you can feel the cold crystal streams running across your whole being. Because there is a river. (laughs) There is a river. And the streams of that river make glad the city of God. There is a river. There really is. There is a river that's flowing from God's throne right now. And it may seem wacky, it may seem crazy, but I'm telling you, if you're willing to get past your head and get into your heart and drink of that river, your life will be transformed. Your situation will change. And I love that God makes things simple like drink, like I am the door, like I am the way. I mean, I love that he makes it really simple. Some people are like, how do you drink? Well, in Corinthians it says he's given us one spirit to drink. And he really wants us to drink. So how do you drink? Well, drinking is just like you take a glass, you take it in. You take in the river of God. If you don't know how, just go gulp, gulp. Go yum, yum. Do something by faith saying, I am taking in deeply your river right now. Thank you. And when you drink, what's so beautiful is when you drink of the river, it says then out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. There is a whole community out there. There's a whole world out there that needs you to be a living, participating, drinking being who is dispensing a flow. If you want what you can do, if you want what you can achieve, if you want what you're able to perform, carry on. But if you want to step into a realm where the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the prosperity, the breakthrough, the gifts, the healing, the demonstration, you can drink of him and it's all about him and he will be everything and he will make you look like a genius and a superstar and he will bless you and he will make you a sign and a wonder but you got to be humble enough to drink 
the river whose streams make glad drinking. Drinking. Give you another one. The reasons for joy. All right, the reasons. This is a four-point sermon with several subpoints. The notes are all in the uh, website, so you can take them later and memorize them. All right. Reasons for joy. Number one, salvation. I love this. It says, therefore, with joy shall you draw waters from the wells of salvation. If you need to experience more of the salvation of God, then you need to draw water. How do you draw water? Ha, ha, ha. Well, I want to draw it with desperation. It says, with joy you draw waters from the wells of salvation. And there's salvation. I want to experience the fullness of salvation. So there's a reason for joy. A reason for joy is so you can uncap the fullness of your salvation and the fullness that God wants for you. I can see you. Looking back at me like, Reasons for joy number one, to experience the fullness of salvation. Reasons for joy number two, healing, healing, joy. It says, it's Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And this is proven in the medical field that joy, whether you're hooked up to God or not, joy will change your physical being. It literally changes the chemicals in your body. It releases stuff. It blocks stuff. It changes your whole inner world. You can heal yourself by going, ha, ha, ha. I mean, oh my goodness. Well, is there another way? Yeah, there's the medication at the drugstore. But here's the gospels. Ha, ha. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Another benefit, Nehemiah 8.10. We already had this one, but listen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I need strength, pastor. Let's just go in the altar there and let's just lift our hands and laugh unto the Lord. What are you doing, pastor? Start in the natural. You'll get into the spirit. Just keep on going. It all starts in the natural, then it goes into the spiritual, but a lot of people are too self-possessed. Do you know what dignified means? It means self-possessed. Go look it up. Dignified, self-possessed, which is worse than being demon-possessed, because I can get rid of a demon. But yourself, you got to change. you got to turn. you got to turn. Turn or burn. Cheryl's tapping the watch up here, by the way, which I think is so funny. <laughs> on the clock. I mean, what's going on over there? My God. Healing and strength. And look, I got some more. Rivers! Rivers! I got people in my world, they got problems. I need rivers! I got people surrounding me that are hopeless and full of despair. I need a river from your throne! Hey, you get into the joy and the rivers will start to flow in your life. I love this, Jeremiah 33, 11, the voice of joy. The voice of joy. He responds to the voice of joy. It says, for I will cause to return the captivity land as it was at first. So the Lord says, the voice of joy is going to cause recovery. Well, I'd like my stuff back. Is there another way, Pastor? No. <laughs> Somebody stole my car. <laughs> we found your car. <laughs> It can't be that simple. He says, I'll put it back. I'll get it all back. You'll get all your stuff back. I respond to the voice of joy. What is the voice of joy? It's the same in every nation. It's the same in every tribe and tongue. Doesn't matter where I go, China, the Philippines, Africa, wherever I go, it sounds like ha, ha. Ha, ho, ha, ho, ha, ho, ha, ho. It just doesn't work, but it makes me laugh. I'm changing the world, I'm telling you. Nothing is impossible with God. Okay. Rivers, recovery, results. 
Results. I want results, Pastor. I don't want to be just a believer and still living in, you know, average mediocrity. I really want to manifest that I'm a child of God. I want results in my life, Pastor. I mean, I want results. Who wants results? Who wants to receive what you're believing for? I want to receive right now what I'm believing for. Well, look what it says. It says you don't see him, yet you're believing. And as you're believing, you're rejoicing. How are you rejoicing? With joy that's inexpressible. Joy that's unspeakable. What is unspeakable joy? Ha, 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 ha. That's unspeakable joy because I'm trying to speak to you, but I can't. My speaker got overtaken, and now all I can do is ha, 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 ha. So between believing and receiving, what is your posture? Thank you. (laughs) Oh, crap. I hope God comes through. Man, he's never done it for me before. I've been so faithful. I've been hanging on. Oh, God, you better come through for me. I'm telling you, I've pushed everything in. You've got to come through. God. You're believing and you're receiving. What is in the middle of believing and receiving? exceedingly inexpressive great joy is how you receive the blessings of God amen well I'm too smart for that well you're too smart for your own good then ha 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 say I'll have what those people over there are having I'll have what those people over there are having more Lord say more More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Just give me more, Lord. More. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Sorry, Cheryl was tapping the clock, so I I think I actually am just about done. All right. Just a couple things. Prayer, drinking, salvation, healing, strength, rivers, joy. Results. Hebrews 11, 11, through faith, Sarah received strength. And Sarah said in Genesis 21, he made me laugh. It's a stretch, isn't it, Pastor? You saying that God's strength came to her and she responded to the gift with laughter? Yes. How do you know that? Because it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In a near 100-year-old body, she needed refreshing. She needed a breakthrough. She needed recovery and restoration. He has made me laugh. He has made me Laugh. I didn't make this up. I'm just really glad it is like this, though. I think it's a good plan. It's better than everybody get your straight jackets on, lay on the floor. I'm glad it's the oil of joy and not the oil of misery. I'm glad it's not the joy of Carl. It's the joy of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. It's only one more slide. Make sure that your doctrine of joy has an experience of joy. A lot of people have a doctrine of joy. Yes, I get that. I believe I've heard this message 27 years ago. Hallelujah. I've got notes on it. I've even preached it. Hallelujah. I've told other people about it. Did it ever reach your face? Because that's when you really start to go... I get what he's talking about. Because sometimes stuff is better caught than taught. So we're releasing the gas right now. Shh. <laughs> smells like the Rose of Sharon. No, that's not what it's. <laughs> well, actually, we do have air freshener things. I had somebody once say they saw a mist. God sent a mist over the congregation. I said, no, it was just that thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, but thank God it did because somebody had really smelly feet. So that was good. So thank God for that. Amen? Amen. Come on, stand up with me. You know, if you lose your joy, you'll lose your stuff. And you know, often if you've lost something, you can generally check. If you check your joy level, it's the first thing the enemy always attacks. He attacks your joy. He tries to steal your laugh. Because if he can steal your joy, what did he steal? He stole your strength. You know, if the enemy can take your strength, he can take your stuff. Joy is, is not an emotional experience we can have in church, although it is, and it should be an experience. If you're ministering at the altar, can you come and just prepare to be here? But joy is, is something that you've got to have living, working, and something you've got to exercise in your life all the time. And keep, keep joy. 
Keep his joy. Keep the joy of the Lord fresh in your life and in your experience. Can you just bow your heads, close your eyes just for a minute? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Now listen, if you're here today and I want to invite you into a relationship with a wonderful God. And if you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, you've never said, look, I want to be. He said, he said to those who receive me, I give them the right to be children of God. And if you've never embraced that or said that, that I receive you as my Lord and Savior, I want you to do it today. And if you've never done it, I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And if you've never done that and you know and you feel in your heart that you want to receive, you want to accept him as your Lord and your Savior, I want you to put your hand up when I count to three, all right? So nobody's looking around. It's just you. But if you've never done this, I tell you, there has to be that exchange where you say, I receive you. He's not going to force himself on you, but he says he comes and it's his love and it's his grace in your life. And you know, the fact that you're fearful of it, that's just the devil. He wants to keep blocked up the release of the fullness of God in your life. But if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you're just missing out on the good life. There's really a good, good life when you got Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, but you want to today, here it is. I'm going to count to three, then throw your hand up. You ready? All around. You ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up very high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Put your hand up very high so I can see it. Anyone else? You still do it right now. Anyone? Thank you. For those who put their hands up, you can put your hand down. I just want to pray with you. And if you put your hand up, can you, can you pray with me? Pray out loud. Everybody else is praying too. But you pray out loud. Use your voice. Because it says if you confess with your mouth what it is you believe in your heart, it says that you're going to experience the salvation of God. So you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth unto salvation. So just pray this prayer with me. Everybody prays. You ready? Lord Jesus, I accept you and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I thank you that you came to deal with my sin, that you dealt with every offense, that you took care of all my brokenness and you gave me access back to my Heavenly Father. So I declare that I'm forgiven and I'm healed and I'm free because I've received you. I am a child of God. So thank you for touching me and for healing me and for filling me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So good. So good. Let me bless you, all right? Let me bless you. It's October. It's so amazing. I can't believe it's October. We've had such a good time. If you need prayer for anything, we got folks here ready to pray for you. You want to just come to the altar and you want to ha, 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 please do. I pray you practice this all week long. Just practice again. If you say, baptize me afresh in your joy. Baptize me afresh in your joy. There's a reason for my laughter. There's a reason for my song. There's a reason that I do what I do. It's not some vain, silly thing. It's not childishness, but it is childlike because I receive your kingdom and I receive the fullness of who you are. So, Father, I bless this house. I bless everyone here. I pray for your great love to just explode in their hearts. I pray for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to just, just so bring them revelation of all the bountiful benefits we have in you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, thank you that you partner with us now every moment and every day. You partner with us to manifest your kingdom everywhere we are. So we go out of this place highly favored and highly advantaged. We go out of this place smeared in the oil of joy and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We go out of this place as missionaries to demonstrate your kingdom everywhere we go. So be big in our hearts. Be big in our lives. Let's do great things for you. In Jesus' name, amen.